0: Good morning, good afternoon. It's 12 noon, Richmond. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the New Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105 1 FM. Football season is back. Thursday, the NFL's Hall of Fame game, and we are just 18 days away from the first ever football festival here in Richmond, Virginia, going down at River City Roll. August 19th in Scott's edition from 3 to 7 p.m. You can expect prizes, giveaways. We've got two great bands. DJ Dukesta will be spinning, and it's going to be an awesome time with a football season preview show beginning at 5 p.m. Yeah, we got some awesome news today. Zach, why don't you explain to the audience? That's great. Big shout-out
1: to South Park Carpet and Flooring Outlet, and we are happy to have them on board We're going to bring him in. We're excited. It's our inaugural football party with AWOD, so everybody can meet AWOD in Richmond. You've been on the year how long here? About a year and a month. Year and a month. All right. 13 months, AWOD gets his first party. Come down and meet him downtown at River City Roll and uh, the fine folks at South Park Carpet and Flooring Outlet. And thank you to Melissa, too, for selling that. Are they listeners? We would love to meet them.
0: Absolutely. And, Zach, you should know from my time in D.C., I know how to throw a party. We used to throw Super Bowl parties every year in Arlington. Uh, We would have watch parties. And I don't know if we're going to have this at River City Roll because we're expecting audiences of all ages. But we used to serve the AWOD bomb, which is a Jack and Coke with a side shot of Jack Daniels. That'll mess you up. It is it is the ultimate drink. I was thought for sure there would be some Red Bull in there. <laughs> the AWOD Bomb. It's a Jack and Coke. Oh, yeah, with an extra shot of Jack. Oh, God. <laughs> so we got a lot to get into on the show today at Football Festival. You will hear from James Madison University, ODU, Virginia Tech, and UVA, as well as more college football pro- programs in the state of Virginia. Dave Rigert is the play-by-play voice of the James Madison Dukes. He'll join us today to preview the Sun Belt. At 1230, Linnell Willingham, who you can hear on the Team 980. And also, he's in for Grant Danny this week, so he'll take over for me. It's Linnell and Doc Walker from 3 to 630. He's doing double duty, so he'll join us today at 1 p.m. And then I told you guys yesterday, my hot take for the NFC East is I'm riding with the New York football giants G-man. to win the division i can't believe that lance meadow covers the giants part of their pre-game and post-game show on the giants radio network part of sirius xm in new york he'll join us today at 1 30 so we got a lot to get to on the show today don't go anywhere don't change that dial we like to start the show every day by catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world with the sports app here it is
2: everybody <laughs> Oh,
1: are you serious? Wi Fi plus 3G, 64K. This one, this one. Doesn't
0: support Zach, I know you have to get up early, but you were not up at 3 a.m., were you? Um, for... no, not quite. Well, I thought about getting up early. I set an alarm on my phone, and then I cruised right past oh, it. Oh, for the girl. For the U.S. women's national team against Portugal. It was a. Elimination game uh, of sorts. They needed to win or draw to advance to the round of 16. Now, the important thing was to win and claim first place in the group to avoid playing some of the tougher competition in the round of 16. Well, Vladko Anonofsky's side was... Frustrated, and they were not well organized as Portugal nearly snatched victory in stoppage time when their striker and captain hit the post. If it had gone in, it was about two inches from going in. It would have sent the U.S. women's national team crashing out of the tournament. After the game, Alex Morgan said said we should have put some in the back of the net, and we didn't. We own that. We're not happy with the performance we put out there, but at the same time, we're moving on. Yeah, survive and advance after the U.S. tie Portugal this morning. 0-0. Big news from the game aside from the scoreline. Rose Lavelle who is the midfielder, and I think she's the most talented player on the team, picked up a yellow card, and it was her second in the group stage. She will not be available for their round of 16 matchup against Sweden on Sunday. The team has only scored four goals in three games. Four goals in three games. That was the same problem for the men's in their World Cup last summer. Several teams have five or more goals in one game, like the Netherlands, who won the group over United States with a 7 to nothing victory over Vietnam this morning. Carly Lloyd, who was the captain for the women's national team 4 years ago, said they're lucky to not be going home. If there's anyone that's going to comment on the U.S. women's national team and you should take it seriously, it is Carly Lloyd. Uh, She was an unbelievable player for a long time. Of course, a big part of the U.S. winning back-to-back World Cups in 2015 and 19 with her incredible goal from midfield. So down but not out, U.S. survives. They will face off with a tough task against Sweden Sunday morning at 5 a.m., But it's all about surviving in advance to the knockout round. And they still can compete for that third straight title. It'll be the first time ever a men or women's side in the World Cup would win back to back to back. Three straight World Cups. So it's not over for the U.S. women, but it is elimination time. The end game is here. Let's move over to college football on the sports app. So predictions are coming out for the season, which is just right around the corner. Week zero, four weeks away. Many reporters are picking Michigan to win it all this year under John Harbaugh. Here's the easiest and the toughest schedules according to ESPN. With the NFL or the NCAA football season beginning August 26 when Notre Dame faces Navy in Dublin. Here's what ESPN writer Chris Lowe has looked at the entire schedule. He believes the toughest overall power five schedule is the Florida Gators. Don't pick Florida to win tough games this year. The easiest overall schedule, the Boston College Eagles in the ACC toughest Power 5 non-conference schedule gives that to the Pitt Panthers. Yeah, it's going to be tough for the ACC this year. The easiest Power 5 non-conference schedule, the Michigan Wolverines. That's why a lot of people are picking Michigan. I was at the 2023 ACC kickoff in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, they gave me the choice to vote for the preseason poll, and I did. And here are the results. Pick to finish 14th, last in the ACC, the UVA UVA Cavaliers. 13th, Boston College. 12th, Georgia Tech. 11th, the Virginia Tech Hokies. 10, Syracuse. 9, Wake Forest. 8, Louisville. 6, Pittsburgh. 5, Duke. Then you've got um, the top three. And this was obvious... According to everyone that I spoke with in Charlotte, UNC, Florida State, and Clemson predicted to be the ACC champions once again. Let's move over to the NFL here on the Sports App. Oh, yeah, football fans.
3: Oh, that
1: gets me excited.
0: Oh, my God. I love this music. So NFL season begins Thursday with the Hall of Fame game. There's a lot of news coming out of Denver, it seems, every single day. Of course, last week we talked about Sean Payton's comments. Well, today we found out wide receiver for the Broncos, Tim Patrick, who missed the 2012-2022 season with a torn right ACL, suffered a torn left Achilles during practice yesterday. Sources confirmed to ESPN he was carted off the field with an injury and an MRI confirmed the Achilles tear. It is terrible news For the Denver wide receiver, who will now miss the second consecutive season with an injury. And then later on Monday, the Broncos got hit again. Their depth chart suffers another injury. Wide receiver KJ Hamler announced on Instagram he was diagnosed with a mild heart irritation. He said he would miss some time, but it be intended to be back on the field at some point this season. So there's a lot of news coming out this week around NFL camp. Says training camp is Fully underway. The Washington Commanders, they're in Ashburn Park. Put the pads on today for the first time. That's when you know the hitting is real. The play is serious. Chris Russell from the Team 980 is live from Ashburn Park today. He'll join us next here on the New Sports Radio 910, The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. It's AWOD Radio on The Fan. Welcome back, football fans. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the New Sports Radio 910, the fan. Now at 105-1 FM. Every day at 1 p.m. here on AWOD Radio, we open up the phone lines. The Richmond Commander. Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. Your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. Talking all things, Washington Commanders. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercerug Cleaning Hotline. You can hear him every day, 1 to 4 p.m. on the Odyssey app! From the Team 980 in Washington, D.C., it is Chris Russell, the Rooster. What's going on, buddy? What's up, a How are you, pal? I'm doing pretty good. I'm fired up. And I know you tweeted out Eric Bieniemy was fired up this morning, screaming uh-huh. at his guys for lining up wrong. A bunch of F-bombs. What was that like, man?
2: Yeah, that was very early in the practice when they went into, uh, I think that was 7-on-7, seven seven, a but I can't remember exactly the scenario because – you know, they rotate so many different, uh, you know, mixes and matches and whatnot, but it was two players in a row where they didn't line up or they didn't execute the motion, the pre-snap motion right, and EB just went off, and, which is, is not uncommon. If you're out here every day, you, you, you're, you're very likely to hear him yell, scream, drop a couple F-bombs, what have you, and normally, you know, he goes after – he has no problem going after big-name guys – uh, I've seen him barking at Terry McLaurin, and as a matter of fact, I think one of the mm, one of the mistakes was maybe on a McLaurin motion, but it was hard to tell. And he more in general barked and cursed and and, and went after everybody. But it's unmistakable to see how man's perfection and how he wants things done a certain way, and the way they have to be done, and he is not afraid to ride somebody's uh, backside, uh, no matter how big the name is. And I guess that's the only way you get, you know, respect. You don't treat people differently, uh, you know, because if you do, then players are going to say, well, well, that, I mean, that's not right, right? So, so treat everybody the same. And everybody that knows him that I've talked to, you know, from Andrew Wiley uh, to Marcus Kemp, uh, the guys that have come over from Kansas City, I've asked them, and they've said the same exact thing. EB ain't afraid to yell, he ain't afraid to curse, and he's not afraid to pick on big names.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've heard demanding perfection and the offensive creativity are the differences uh, from Scott Turner to Eric Bieniemy. What are some of the differences you're noticing with formations and play calls under Eric Bieniemy?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, without giving away too many trade secrets because they're extra sensitive about that stuff, but I'll I'll just crystallize it is stuff that I haven't seen around here in years is stuff that I now see. And what we're talking about is, you know, of course, every team runs motion, but it's a different kind of motion, a It's a lot of double motion. It's a lot of, you know, the wide receiver will kind of – circle the quarterback motion, uh, you'll see, uh, you know, today in red zone, uh, and really in goal line, I should say, you saw the the famous, infamous, famous um, Kansas City Chiefs shovel toss.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I saw
2: that four, four or five times today. Now, they haven't worked on goal line up until today because they didn't have pads on, but, y- you know, you see these things and you're like, why hasn't this, you know, been a part, of this offense under Scott Turner, number one on a regular basis or really any sort of regular basis, and even under Jay Groot, quite honestly, I didn't see uh, as much as I see from Eric the Enemy, and that's throughout the entire offseason and certainly the first six days of camp. I think fans are going to really like the creativity, especially when it works. I think, as usual, fans are going to be, ah, why did they do that? Why didn't they just run it? down their throat when it doesn't work but I I would say and you'll appreciate this because you're you know you you're somebody who pays attention to nuance it's different it's creative and I you can see the genius at work you can see as I always call it the eye candy getting you know or having a potential effect on the defense if the offensive line can create a little bit of wedge and a little bit of seam, and that was a problem today because uh,
0: that always wasn't there, especially on goal line situations. Sometimes it was, but not always. I love that line. You're seeing a genius at work. It's Chris Russell. Follow him on social media, Russellmania621. Hey, Chris, are you writing about the skins anymore? Are you just talking?
2: I'm just talking a, well, I, I, I write for a Command Post, which okay. is a Rick Snyder production. I'm sure Rick's been on your show before and longtime, uh, you know, Washington football voice and, and writer. Uh, so Command Post is available via subscription uh, digitally or in print, uh, old man style. But, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Uh, just doing a lot of radio and a lot of Twittering or Xing or whatever the hell I'm doing.
0: Who has impressed you on the defensive side of the ball, Chris?
2: Uh, Great question. Uh, Cam Curl obviously has stood out, had a pick of Sam Howell uh, yesterday. Um, You know, Emmanuel Forbes, of course, I caught up with him yesterday uh, after practice, and he had a pick six of Sam Howell on Saturday. Uh, I would say, um, eh, you know, I I would say St. Just has been pretty good. You know, Chase Young at times, Awad, has looked very spry with his pass rush. Uh, today, and I tweeted about this, you know, he broke in between Charles Leno and the left guard, setting hey, Charles, and he got in, got pressure, almost got to Howell. Now, obviously, he wouldn't have been able to touch him. But just before Howell released, he got his, you know, both arms, both hands extended up and possibly, you know, would have at least hit Howell at the time of the release or knocked it down or what have you. So I've seen three or four really good pass rushes maybe five out of Chase Young over the last couple of days, that's good. I haven't seen it consistent enough for my liking, but I think it's coming. I think it looks better as we go along here, you know, and, and, and it looks like also he's attacking the inside shoulder of the tackle more than I've seen in the past. Now, he still sometimes, and we saw him take the beltway on a looping pass rush today, and he didn't get to the quarterback. But he would have if he wouldn't have gone so far outside because he's, <laughs> he's that good, and he's that athletic, and he's that fast. So if he can continue to improve the technique and attacking the inside shoulder of the tackle as opposed to the outside and looping around, I think Chase Young is going to be good. And, and one more for you. I, I've been impressed any time I've seen the new linebacker coach Cody Barton, uh, the import from Seattle, he is fast as you know what.
0: Well, that's interesting, and we're definitely going to be monitoring Chase Young throughout the rest of training camp and into the start of the season. One of the biggest questions on the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned Cody Barton, is the middle linebacker position. You know, Rooster, how do you feel about Jamin Davis? You know, getting caught driving what was it, 114 miles an hour in a 45 mile an hour zone?
2: Yeah, uh, I I feel like this. If 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 that was me and I was the head coach and I was completely in charge, you wouldn't be playing for my team. So um, I know that's rough. I know that's maybe old school. I know that's. You know, maybe Neanderthal-like, I, I have no patience for it, especially when you consider he was busted for going 89 and a 65 just a couple of weeks before that, and it was bartered down to an 84 and a 65 to avoid the reckless charge and a crimin- and, and, and and anything in, in terms of the judicial system. So now we've got this, we've got to wait until Thursday at 1 o'clock or, or sometime after that because the judge didn't allow the plea bargain that would have gotten him uh, an eight-day jail sentence yesterday. Listen, a not only does he, and I'm just, uh, maybe just being, being a jerk, I don't know, uh, not only does he deserve to go to jail, uh, but he also deserves to get suspended by the NFL under the personal conduct policy or by the team. You know, somebody step up and have some onions and do the right thing. You cannot be driving 114 miles an hour in a 45 mile per hour zone. You can't be driving 114 miles an hour in any zone. Never mind in a 45.
0: No, it just shows me he doesn't take his NFL career seriously.
2: I mean, it's hard to argue that he takes anything seriously. You know, especially when you consider he was at the scene of the DeShazer Everett horrible. And, uh, you know, his girlfriend dying in a car crash that DeShazer Everett was driving, and he was in another car and ultimately at the scene. How do you watch that? How do you be a part, a, a witness to that in some way, shape, or form, and still do what Jamin Davis is not only accused of doing, but he was found guilty by a judge of doing? I have to assume that there was some sort of evidence, you know, that, 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 made the judge rule in a guilty fashion initially uh, and, and this is an appeal this isn't a trial this is an appeal that is trying to be negotiated and who knows where it goes from here but I, I you know I'm sick of this stuff I mean I you know I, I know we all have to deal with traffic and whatever I see it every day cars you know whipping around going 90 95 100 whatever it is and taking not only their lives. Uh, in their own hands, but taking everyone else's. And I'm sorry, Jamin Davis doesn't deserve to play for my football team. If I'm Ron Rivera, if I'm the Marty Party, if I'm Jason Wright, if I'm the NFL, hey, no chance he's playing uh, week one. No chance.
0: Love that strong take and love having you on the show, Chris. I appreciate the time. Thanks a lot. Thanks, pal. Appreciate you. Yep. Follow Chris Russell on social media, Russell Mania one, and check him out on the Odyssey app. Around the country, it's available for free. Just search the Team 980. You can hear the rooster from 1 to 4 p.m. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Live and local as we are Monday through Friday here in Richmond, Virginia, from 12 to 3 p.m., 910. The fan is the home for the first ever football festival the inaugural football festival headed to river city roll august 19th from 3 to 7 p.m we've got two great bands uh chris leggett fight club JMU will be represented gj dukesta will be the dj on stage we're gonna have reps from all different universities including dave who is the play-by-play voice of the james madison dukes and he joins us here on the hadid mercer rug cleaning hotline Dave, how are you today?
3: What's up, Adam, man? I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. I'm fired up. JMU went 8-3 and last season, jumped into the top 25 briefly, and then ended the year with a decisive 47-7 to win over 23-ranked Coastal Carolina. How excited are people there on campus at JMU for this season?
3: Uh, they're pretty excited. Last year obviously went just about as well as it probably could have. I, I don't know that anybody expected them to go 8-3 and three in year number one in their transition to the FBS, so I think it went better than expected. Um, now, there's there's obviously a ton of excitement. They've, they've sold more season tickets this year than any other year in the history. They're already talking about now potentially expanding Bridge Force Stadium. So the excitement is there, but there's also frustration in just knowing that they they put in the waiver to get – The transition down from two years to one year, and they'd be eligible to win a championship this year if that would have passed. Obviously, the NCAA came down a a few months ago and said that that's not going to happen. So... They can't win the Sun Belt championship. There is still a way they could get to a bowl game, but excitement still is at an all-time high right now, just because of what they did a year ago, and and again the the talent that they've got coming back. It should be a really fun year again this season.
0: Yeah, so you know it's exactly right here. It's so it's going to be a a struggle, frustrating this year that they're good enough to compete in the Sun Belt, uh, but you can't uh, obviously win it. So how can the Dukes build off of last year's success for the program? Well, I think it's just that the, the
3: program is they, – they've got a standard that is pretty high. And I, don't, I think when they, they knew they were going to go into this transition and even though they couldn't compete for a championship, they still didn't lose a ton of guys to the portal. Obviously, the Antoine Wells going to South Carolina, DeMont Tucker-Dorsey going to Texas, even this year Isaac Uku going to Ole Miss. Yeah, you know, some of those guys left. A lot of that was NIL. Some of it's not being able to play for a championship. But they've been able to retain almost all their guys. For the most part, and get some good guys in. And I just, the standard is a standard at JMU, and they want to play at a high level. They, they were competing for national championships at the FCS level every single year, and they don't want to drop off. And, and they didn't last year. Heck, they were, they were first place in the East after they beat Coastal Carolina, the game that you talked about. And they feel like, I mean, they're the preseason favorites to win it this year, even though they can't win it. They still are the preseason favorites by the coaches to finish first in the, in the uh, Sunbelt East. So the, the expectations are very, very high. Um, there still is a way to play for a bowl game. And so there is a bowl possibility if there are enough eligible teams. As long as JMU wins six games, they look at JMU and, and they can play for a bowl game. So there's still a lot to play for and, and build on. Um, it's, it's not a huge senior class. So again, they've got some seniors who will be a part of this, but there's are still young guys that want to build and be a part of championships in the future as well.
0: It's Dave Riggert here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. He is the radio voice of the James Madison Dukes football, basketball, baseball, and softball. Talking JMU football right now on the fan. So part of the success last season was the incredible play of quarterback Todd Senteo. Now I know the Dukes brought in a few quarterbacks. Arizona's Jordan McLeod, uh, Wake Forest, Brett Griffiths. What's that quarterback battle going to be like? Well, that is the, that's the big question mark right now. And, and to be honest
3: with you, that was the question mark last year at this time. We knew Todd Centeno was coming in from Colorado State and probably was the favorite, but we didn't know. And we, he, he hadn't put up huge numbers in his career. So last year, a, a lot of their success was because of Todd Centeno. And, and now it is a wide-open competition. Um, nobody really stepped forward in the spring. It's probably a two-man race. Um, between Alonzo Barnett, a redshirt freshman uh, from North Carolina. He, he's been here for now for two spring balls. Um, this will be his second fall camp. So he's he's got a pretty good idea of the system. He's a very intelligent kid, a very athletic kid, um, a lively arm. They, they think he's going to be really, really good. Is he ready? He probably would have been the guy after spring ball just because Jordan McLeod had just come on campus. He had, that was his first spring. But Jordan McLeod will be the, the guy that – I think – I don't know if they hope he wins it. They want the best quarterback, obviously, to win it. But Jordan McLeod has the experience. And last week at the Sunbelt Media Days, Coach Signetti said multiple times, including to me, including to almost every media outlet, that games two, three, and four this year are all on the road. And he would love to have experience under center taking that shotgun snap when they go on the road to Virginia – Detroit, Troy, the defending Sunbelt champs, and the Utah State all the way across the country. So I think he even hinted that it'd be nice to have Jordan McLeod win the job and have that experience because he's made 19 starts at, at South Florida and Arizona in his career. But it's going to be the best quarterback is going to be the guy on the field. And Alonzo Barnett has a legitimate shot to win this is a redshirt freshman. So it's between those two guys right now. And I think it's, it's anybody's guess on, on who it's going to be right now.
0: Well, no matter who the quarterback is, O-line protection will be key for the Dukes. Tell me a little bit about Nick Kidwell, the redshirt senior, all-sunbelt, second-team selection. Uh, three, socks, three sacks allowed at right tackle last year, 2022.
3: He's an unbelievable kid. He's a great human being, first of all, but he's got a chance if he has a big year to to get drafted probably mid rounds, three, four, fifth, five, somewhere in there in those rounds in the NFL draft. He's a, a, he's got great size, very intelligent on the offensive line. He's now in his third year as a starter. Um, so he's a very talented kid. I think he's got a chance to play on Sundays and, and um, they, they have thought about moving him to left tackle at some point in time, but he just feels comfortable at right tackle. And, and Right now, they're not going to mess with with their offensive line. They have all five starters back. And that's going to be, right now, I think, bar none, especially on offense, that's the strength of their football team is their line. They didn't allow a ton of sacks last year. They ran the football effectively. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that's going to help whoever the quarterback is is they should be able to run the football and protect the quarterback. So with, with those five guys up front, plus actually they've got their top eight guys back from last year They've got five starters, and they, they, they had to play some other guys as well. So they've got a ton of guys back up front, and that's going to be the, the, the biggest strength offensively for this team.
0: It's Dave Riggert here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio, and Dave, of course, is the radio voice of the James Madison Dukes. You can tweet us throughout the show at 910 the Fan or at AWOD Radio. Dave, this question from Stephen in the West End. He, he says, can you ask about the tailgate culture and how students are starting to pack the stadiums now instead of leaving the games early?
3: Well, that's still something they're trying to figure out. Again, they, they do show up early, and, and that's always been a tradition at JMU throughout the years is to get there early, tailgate, have fun. Again, when I get to the stadium three hours before the game, still, there's a ton of people already tailgating. But that's an issue that they've had um, for a long time. And, and I think the issue is going to kind of take care of itself. In the past, when they were in the FCS, there were a lot of blowouts. So the student section would be packed. They'd be going crazy. Um, but then they'd, they'd have a lot of blowouts when they were playing inferior teams. And the games got out of hand, and that's when that's when students would leave. Again, they're, they're not going to sit there and pay a little more for some beverages there when they can probably go back mm-hmm. home and, and get something else. So I, I think that will change because the competition is much different. There's going to be closer games in the second half. And, and certainly there were at times in the FCS, but there will be so much more in the Sun Belt. Um, with these regional rivals and everything like that, I think that will take care of itself where the students don't leave. It is is—it's something they've talked about, and they've they tried to figure out different ways to try and get the students to stay the entire game. But I think the competition and who they play will take care of itself.
0: Well, Dave, we're going to have the ultimate tailgate and football party at River City Roll August 19th, and you'll be there representing the Dukes? Absolutely. I'll be there. should be fun. Awesome. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, come on out, members of the Dukes, if you're an alumni or if you are just supporting the JMU program, and you can talk with Dave Rigert and get a whole football season preview. That's August 19th with the season beginning September 2nd. And I've already circled that game September 9th against UVA. That is going to be an epic matchup, Dave.
3: Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. It's the first time in almost 50 years the two teams have played. And obviously with the success JMU had at the FCS level, a lot of the the in- not even just the in-state Power Fives. They didn't really want to play JMU. They didn't want to have that on their resume. But the next couple years, they play UVA this year. They play Virginia Tech next year. They'll play North Carolina in a couple years, Maryland.
0: Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105-1 FM, it is a Tuesday, August 1st. And in two days, the NFL season officially begins with the Hall of Fame game. I told you yesterday, in the NFC East, you guys know I'm a diehard Commanders fan. I'm never going to pick the Cowboys. I believe the Eagles peaked last year, making it to the Super Bowl, so I picked the New York football Giants to win their division. Well, we'll be joined by Lance Meadow, who does the Giants pregame and postgame shows, part of the Giants Radio Network. He'll join us today at 1.30. Get the latest from Giants training camp. Matthew Paris, who covers the Commanders, will join us at 2.30. But I'm Adam Epstein, joined by my producer, Zach McHugh, and we have been dealing with some crazy weather throughout the month of July and into August now, and it is just unbelievable. Now, yesterday was a lot cooler, I will say, but the, the last few weeks, I mean, it's like you step outside and you're in a sauna in Richmond.
1: Look, I'm never prepared for how warm it gets in the summertime. I've done Miami summers, um, I lived on the beach in Wilmington for 16 years. I'm from basically Canada, <laughs> right? Rochester, New York. It's like from here to, I don't know, uh, colonial downs, right? right? <laughs> so uh, it's my least favorite season. I'm always hot. I'm a big guy. I'm six, 65250 I right. don't do well in the heat. You're a big lurch. I'll, I'll, I'll break a sweat <laughs> brushing my teeth. You know what I mean? So yesterday was, it was better this morning. It was like 4:30. I walked outside. It was perfect. Yeah. And what did it say? What was the temperature when I got in my car? 85? What was 69. 69. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is my favorite temperature. Did you, did you take a
0: picture of that? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the so there's been a lack of recurring big heat in Richmond over the last month, but this July will finish with the 20 hottest on record uh according to uh, our friends at the Richmond Times Dispatch, going back to the 1880s. The days have not been dramatically hotter than normal, but the nights have not cooled off as much as in uh, previous decades. That is something that I've noticed, especially when I'm playing pickleball. It, it's like it just stays hot. Like usually, you know, all of a sudden the sun goes down, you get a nice cool breeze, but it w- it was staying above 80, staying above 90, especially over the weekend. I mean, I, I Saturday was exhausting how hot it was. I was yeah, wiped out. That's why I out. took the
1: kids to the movies.
0: Yeah. But you know,
1: you're, you're being tempered. You're in training. <laughs> you're working on your game. Yeah. Yeah. It's only going to help you. <laughs> I think everybody's getting weaker is the problem. You think? I rem- yeah. I remember it being super. Hot. I mean, they're not even like doing uh, three days or four days anymore. You know, they're like in the gym. <laughs> it's like we didn't have water. Yeah. We were getting the hell beat out of us on a football field. It was so, the field was so hard. And you'd have to run all the time, and the heat's just bearing down on you, you'd get a break, and have a banana. Like, <laughs> it's, I think we're weaker, and everybody will be fine. It's the dog days of summer, it's supposed to be hot.
0: Yeah. So the pattern will continue, according to our friends at RTD. Afternoons over the next couple of weeks will generally be in the middle 80s to lower 90s, and daybreak temperatures will be in the upper 60s to 70s. I mean, it's just, you've got to deal with it. You know, bring water everywhere you go. That's like, I, yeah. Like I said,
1: that's what makes autumn better.
0: Yeah, so I was out at the uh, pickleball courts last night, and um, it is it is intense when you're playing against people, and then you're kind of like kicking their ass, oh, <laughs> and they want and oh, humble I, bread. I had no, I had people that wanted me to take it easy on them yesterday, oh, oh, and God. it really upset me. And so I think I, I think I'm done going to Forest Hill. Do you need? I to, think like, I'm done going to Forest Hill. Do you need to move up another level? I need or to move up another level, <laughs> and it's become it's the issue now because you know here's the thing with pickleball, all right? It's the hot sport. Everyone wants to play. Literally, you meet you meet ten people, almost five of them probably play, and it doesn't matter the age group. It's the uh, it's the largest growing sport for people in their twenties and also in their seventies. It, it's unbelievable. You're not hammering like. Senior citizens, are oh you? My, oh, so I played this woman last night that oh, was in AWOD. her 60s. Oh. Now, she, she had a partner who was in her 20s. I don't know if it was her grandson or something, but, you know, I was like, what do you want me to do? Now I didn't you hit it to her. That- I was hitting it to her partner, but we won te- 11 to 1, and I was like, I'm not going to take it easy. I'm trying to get a sweat in here. <laughs> you, you want me to let you in? And Work so on your backhand. My backhand's she- already a 10 out of 10. I'm <laughs> done with Forest yeah, Hill. You're,
1: you're playing, you're down a level, I well, think. Well, th- that's
0: what's so what frustrating. Le-
1: what level are you now? I don't know. You're not intermediate. Is there A, B, C, D?
0: There, it's like tennis, so it's like 3.0 to 3.5. You're 3. in 5. beginner, and you're like slamming so, old ladies. All I know is that it's the popular thing to show up now, and so you're playing Russian roulette where you put your paddles in, and one time we played against guys that smoked us, and one time we played against women that we smoked them, and so it's it's hard to get a workout in now <laughs> because you just don't know if you're going to play good. Bad there were two you need kids to be rated. There Are were you two 3.5. There were nine year old kids there that were putting their paddles in and challenging people. That were just not in their league. And it was not fun anymore. It was not. I might have to go back to playing tennis again. (laughs)
1: Look, we're already. We have enough trouble getting women to listen to the show. I know. Okay, Of all ages. (laughs) I know.
0: All right. You got to be nice. I I know. I know, but I'm, I'm just competitive, you know? <laughs> Are I, you still I, yelling at your partner? Uh, you know, I've gotten better at that. I've gotten a little bit better at that. You know, my buddy Mike, he— Are you throwing he, things? There were two weeks straight where he didn't want to play with me because <laughs> I turned around and I screamed, and I was move your freaking feet! <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, that's all I'm asking. You know, it's it's one of those sports where if you're flat footed, you're gonna lose. And you know what? I play to win. I don't play to lose, Zach. All right. I had a buddy of mine who listens to the show. It's not good for ratings
1: for you to be like, this, <laughs> like pickleball
3: bad boy.
0: Well I you're kinda like that. Like goon. Goon. <laughs> I my friend who listens to the show, Ben, he texted me yesterday, he said, Hey, I heard you were talking about pickleball. I want to come play with you one time. I said I don't play with rookies, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> and this is in the span of, what, two months? Yeah. How, you're, yeah. you're ridiculous, Like dude. five months ago, I hated the sport. You're out of hand. <laughs> I said I would just you're out of hand. never play. <laughs> and now I've gotten to the point where I'm a snob. I'm a pickleball snob. I also, <laughs> if I, I won't play with, like, some of these people play with these raggedy balls that are, like, orange and look like they've been played for three months. I won't do that anymore. I want a brand-new pickleball. Oh. <sighs> I want it to be bright yellow and showing up in the dark that we're playing in. Do they I'm, have
1: a pickleball smell when you open up a can? No, it's, it's not like not tennis. Oh, okay. It's not
0: like tennis where you, you pop that sucker and then all of a sudden you're high because <laughs> it just smells so good. All right, so you're whipping ass at pickleball. I want people to call in that beat you.
1: Well, I, I want to hear from them. It, we also a, still need to get a girl to call the show. No,
0: we do. There are – there. you know who beeps me in pickleball is there's a group of guys, all right? They're probably – I want to say they're young 30s. We're probably 33. Mm. They play – Shirts versus skins. Nice. They don't wear a shirt ever. And, you, I mean, I've got a big belly. I keep my shirt on. Right. But So if you go to Forest Hill, if you see any guy with their shirt off, you know they're legit. And they're good. Those, oh, those guys beat me. Oh, Yesterday, okay. I, I went. I think I went like four and two. Two times a loss were to two guys with their shirts, shirts off. Shirts and One skins. One guy looks like Thor and the other looks like Loki. Right? Wow. He's like Thor's skinny brother.
1: You're the Marvel team.
0: Yeah, they're the Marvel brothers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they're the Super Smash Bros. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Yeah, they sound good. Yeah, I know. All so, right, well,
0: keep trying. Maybe it'll
1: get up another level. But it sounds like you're playing down.
0: I know. But and so, if you th-
1: want to keep progressing, you can't be beating up on these old Well, that's old the thing legs. is
0: I need to hear from people, where should I go, right? So there's all these different parks in Richmond that are, people are playing at. Like, uh, Bryan Park, is pretty. that's better competition. The problem is it's not as crowded. Don't they have places in the pump? They. Oh, yeah. Shore Pump's the number one place. Yeah. That's what everyone's told me because they have so many courts there that they do have – intermediate beginner and advanced i'm
1: worried that you go play in the pump and then you get a name for yourself and you're like the (laughs) obnoxious guy at the pickleball court.
0: that might happen that might happen also short pumps a little far away from me i'm not going to do that i i you know i I like brian park because i take my little bird scooter over there i I feel like a kid again i I mean i love your pickleball backpack i loved razor scooters so now i take a little scooter my pickleball backpack with some water bottles now, I do you go wear there?
1: your pickleballing shoes oh on the scooter, or my, are they in the bag? You can't no, wear them I'm, all the time. No, I'm wearing them. But oh, okay. my friend was well, joning on me style.
0: hard yesterday for my outfit. I didn't <laughs> know pickleball outfits were a big deal.
1: Headbands, wristbands? No,
0: well, we played against somebody with that, but I wore an orange shirt. And orange socks. I was, oh, I was like Ricky Fowler representing Tennessee, and my friend, Look he was embarrassed mama. to play with me. He oh, was God. like, he was like, what is this outfit here? Are you
1: taping up and stuff? Do you wear no. like an elbow? Do you have like pickleball elbow ever?
0: No, I don't. Okay. I don't. But um, I, I thought about getting knee pads because my knee oh, you is still scraped. That. Yeah, it's still scraped. That that sucker won't, won't uh...
1: Thor and Loki don't have scars no, they, or no, raspberries. No, they don't. They're they, they get to the ball.
0: I mean you. It is. I get so jealous when they, when they take their shirts off and they've got the V. You know, I've wanted the V my entire yeah. life.
1: Yeah, me too. I've never
0: had the V. It's genetics. Uh, it must be. Yeah. Because my dad looks like a bowling ball. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get you there.
0: I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. It's 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910.